You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Speaker, and Podbay. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, and I don't do this alone. Oh, no, no, no. This is a team effort, so let me introduce my two co-hosts. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda? I am doing well. I'm doing very, very well. I am excited to to hear from you. We'll get into all that in just a second. Uh, But we can't do that without the third member of this team, and that's who? 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 It's the one and only Brendan Barr. That, that would be me. That would yes. be me. Someday yes. Conan will say my name. <laughs> you know, I, I may work on that. I don't know. I'm trying to make his Keeping It a 100 live show in Vegas during SummerSlam weekend. And, oh, that and would be so cool. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, he absolutely doesn't know any of us. Uh, and probably barely remembers that conversation that he had with Kevin. Um, <laughs> so, it's true. But, you know, maybe I can, I can get the wheels turning. Who knows? Uh, but yes, there's always something to live by. Maybe one day Conan will know who we are. Uh, I'll have to change my nickname if that ever happens. Well, yeah. then is it worth it though? <laughs> I don't you know. know. <laughs> is it worth it to, if, if that's the gimmick, if you're living the gimmick and, and the gimmick changes, is it worth it? Do you already have another gimmick lined up? Gimmick's changed. You know, look at Jericho. He's changed a bunch of times. Sure. Yes. <laughs> it's true. Gentlemen, we are back after a week hiatus. Uh, we did not record last week due to scheduling, but we are back. And what does that mean as well is that we have two weeks worth of news and content to go over. So, listeners, this is a very packed show. We say that before we've said it, you know, lots of things to go over. But it's been a busy two weeks within the world of pro wrestling and Lucha Libre. How? Well, because we're going to tell you all about it. Uh, and, and there's more that, you know, is covered at LuchaCentral.com. So if there's anything that we miss, make sure you visit LuchaCentral.com for anything that we don't talk about on this week's show. But, man, 
summer time is picking up all you know these different promotions are finally ramping back up with uh live audiences we'll talk much about that later on in the show uh but that means this segment is more relevant than ever and that's how we kick off every show the road back to shows with brendan hey yeah so we're gonna start this is gonna look a little different for people that are regulars on this too but I am going to start with our, our, our usual here, Mexico City. So I've been having this backwards for a little bit. Mexico City is yellow. Mexico County is green. So um, uh, Mexico City is uh, – that's why we still have a little more severe restrictions. That's why Triple Mania, as Dusty's been talking about, has been – a little more in question how they want to do it because it's very obvious AAA wants to have lots of fans, uh, and that's but but in general we are back to having fans at shows at Mexico in in Mexico and in the states, um, even up here in Washington where we've been very restrictive. Uh, local promotions have announced that they are going to start back up as soon as next month, so uh, everything's kicking off big. Speaking of kicking off and, and indie promotions and all of that, one of the, we didn't slack last week. Even though we had some scheduling issues, one of the things we did was we went and we talked with, uh, Gabe Ramirez from Pro Wrestling Revolution who have been announcing big returns. They're doing, uh, they're already starting shows that are being sponsored by other people and they're going to have a, a, uh, a big return show which, uh, uh is, he that Gabe referred to during the show, I believe, as a, as a bit of an anniversary. So uh, we we uh, spoke with him about uh, what it was like during COVID, what what uh, happened, what's happening now with the return, and uh, what we can look forward to in the future, as well as what happens with Lucha-Mass.com. Uh, so I we we talked, we spent a lot of time talking with him and. Uh, Miranda, we have a little bit of a clip from that. Yes, we do. Uh, we have a clip from our interview with Gabe Ramirez. Uh, in this clip, he specifically talks a, a bit about uh, the process of evaluating putting shows back together and uh, some really in-depth feelings and thoughts regarding, uh, you know, his role as a promoter and as an independent promotion uh, versus, you know, what larger companies like AEW and WWE were doing. So go ahead and take a listen. I actually felt like I was a holiday in uh, commercial where I was a COVID-19 doctor all of a sudden because like I was consistently having to read up, on do's and don'ts and, yes. and what can be done and what can't be done and testing and, and what's that window of testing into three days? Is it four days? And, you know, it was just a nonstop thing. And I had to consistently educate my students and my family and so on. And, and even now, like our academy, um, in order to train our academy, whether a current student or, or, or brand new or coming back, you have to be fully vaccinated. You know, what I mean, I know I've lost some students from that and I've been able not to gain some new ones because of it. But for a for a, a peace of mind, you know, for the time being, it's well worth it. You know, what I mean, if I lose three students because of that, then I lose three students because of that. I, I just don't want to come home, you know, get a cold. I got a cold two weeks ago and like the whole the world stopped around me. <gasps> you have a cold. And I was like, yeah, but I'm vaccinated. Relax, you know, relax. 
relax. And every day I was like, hey, you okay, boss? You okay? Oh, my God, I have a cold. Stop. Calmase, calmase, everyone. You know, like, yeah, your mom calls me. Oh, you okay? Yeah. I, are you okay? You know what I mean? And so it's weird because during, during the pandemic, ah, the, vac- the, the it's fake. It's not going to happen. And then eventually, ah, it'll never happen to me. But now we're vaccinated. Oh, you have a cold. Well, which is it? You know what I mean? Like, which side of the fence are you on? You know what I mean? So uh, doing shows moving forward. Um, at first, like you guys mentioned, social distancing was a thing. So I just didn't want to do a show. So I started looking for outdoor venues, you know, doing events on football fields and and stuff like that. But I just didn't feel like that was me. I didn't feel comfortable. You know, uh, I like having fog. Anyone that knows me, I am that fog <laughs> whore. I love to just hit the button on the fog. Oh. And I'll hear my guys like Paul and Brandon, stop, stop fogging the fucking building. You know, I'm like, sorry, sorry. You, you need to work with uh, with Defy. They they love their fog up here too. Yes, Matt. Yes, yes. I, I was gonna say that's why you can do shows in San Francisco. You just, right? Yeah. yeah, you don't even need the to door, bring the door. Right? Yeah. The, the fog comes in, right? Yeah. Yes. And you know, so like I, I just wanted to do that, and then I remember sitting. Uh, waiting for the announcement um, for our governor to say that we were going to be open, and he opened right. And so then I went to our all my venues that I have to rent, and I literally was refreshing the website for a half hour. You know, refresh, refresh, nothing. Following a, a Monday morning, oh, actually a Sunday evening, I refreshed, and the dates were available, and I panicked. I didn't know what date to pick, what's right, what's wrong. Should I do it? Do I not do it? Is there talent available? Is there not available? Oh, my God, what do I do? And I'm screaming for my wife, Shannon, Shannon, what do we do? Which date do we get? I thought you already had a date. I don't know. Is it the right one? You know, I was just she's like, is that a good date before you lose it? You're not the only one that's going to be refreshing the website. So I booked it, and I paid them, and I already had I, – I totally forgot that I already had deposits made for venues that I did in a year ago that I forgot I even paid them. And they're like, well – we just added your last deposit to the one you had in 2020, so you wanted to add it on top. I'm like, yeah, just put it on top. And then lo and behold, um, you know, the 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 nervousness starts to go away little by little. You know what I mean? It's almost like you, it's almost like you were married, divorced, and you had to go dating again. You know what I mean? It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, or looking for a new house. Right. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's like, hey, do they still talk that way, or do you still ask? You know, like, <laughs> you're just terrified. You're terrified, like, hey, you know, and and it's scary, you know, and it's you get those jitters in your stomach going, man, it should, should, should I do this? Should I not do it? And... A big thank you to Gabe Ramirez, who took time to speak with us uh, last week. And it was just a fascinating interview. Um, for those of you who may not remember, uh, Gabe was our very first interview on the show. And so, uh, you know, when we interviewed him, it was right when the pandemic was starting and, you know, there was so many unknowns. And so, you know, it was great to kind of be on the other side of it, knowing a lot more of what we know now um, as far as, you know, how the pandemic impacted independent wrestling promotions, but also schools and kind of the plans that Gabe has with pro wrestling revolution, not only for, for live shows, but uh, for the school too. Yeah. It's uh, we could have talked to him for another hour. Easy. Yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
So the full interview with Gabe Ramirez is going to be available on LuchaCentral.com and all of the major podcast streaming platforms. Uh, so if you don't see it by the time this episode airs, just know that it will be up very, very shortly. But I believe that full interview will be released the same time as this week's episode. So, again, highly recommend it. Gabe is super entertaining as well. Super smart, and you could tell from the interview we had a great time. Um, but it was also great to kind of circle back around with him after a little over a year to see you know, what he's doing and what his plans are. Yeah, super passionate about his his job as a promoter too, which is absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I just want to bring that around again. So thank you, Gabe, um, from all of us. Uh, Miranda said it. I'll say it. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it's an incredible interview, and we had a lot of questions for Gabe, and he actually – we didn't have to ask nearly as many as we thought he would because he already – like, we'd have a follow-up question, and he would give his answer, and then it would cover the follow-up, and it was – yeah, it was amazing. Like, Gabe, yeah, great interview. You're just trying to cover up for the fact that he called you out on our topic. <laughs> he did, yeah. That's a little bit, he did, yeah. He did. He was <laughs> He won't be afraid. He'll call anybody out on, on yeah, something. Like and so if you like a little bit of teasing as well, this was a, a great interview. And you can check out uh, Pro Wrestling Revolution online uh, to get information on all of their upcoming shows. You can check out ProWrestling-Revolution.com. And also Pro Wrestling Revolution on social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, because they have posted information on their upcoming shows. Their first show is actually tonight as we are recording on July 15th, their very first show uh, back. And then they're having weekly shows pretty much through the rest of the summer um, and leading up to a fairly big show um, in September. So if you are in the California area, near the California area, and you are just hyped up on wanting to go to a Lucha Libre show, Pro Wrestling Revolution is back. Absolutely. We should also mention... That we talked about Lucha Dash Mass and, uh, I'm, spoiler alert, they may not be around very long. You're gonna have to listen to hear how he's rolling it out. But if you are, have been holding back on buying a, a Lucha Dash Mask, you better do it soon. That's, I'm just gonna yeah. tell you that right now. I, I picked up a couple after our interview that <laughs> I've been waiting on because when I found out, I was like, mmm, better get these now. <laughs> But that's something else. The details are in that interview, and we will be talking more about what's happening with Lucha Dash Maps in weeks to come, I'm sure. Brennan, any other indie roundup or road back to show news? Uh, no, that is uh, – I was focusing on that. Uh, that it, The interview itself covers most of our our feelings on or a lot of what's been happening as far as the process, which covers our road back to shows. We talked – with Gabe extensively about the shows that he's got coming up. So all I'm going to do at this point is give my usual pitch. Uh, if you are a promoter like Gabe, if you are a wrestler, if you are just a fan and you want us to talk about your favorite indie show on this show, submit to, to any of the members of this podcast and, uh, we will, we will do our very best to talk about what you're doing and how you're doing it on the air. There's no more restrictions about safety, so don't don't have to worry about any of that. Just uh, 
bring us bring us your news and and uh, we will do our best to to talk about you on the show because we uh, all of us thoroughly support indie wrestling and that is something we will continue to do move uh, as we move forward in, with this show Absolutely. We'll give our information at the end of the show, but make sure to reach out to any of us uh, with any news, updates, information about independent Lucha Libre shows that may be happening in your area. Um, and if so, you may be featured on a future edition of the Indie Roundup. Thank you so much, Brendan. Um, and again, a big thank you to Gabe Ramirez for uh, speaking with us. Uh, make sure to check out the full interview at LuchaCentral.com and your favorite podcast streaming platform. Speaking of LuchaCentral.com and the Lucha Central Podcast Network, we're going to kick it off to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Matt, Matt, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. 
stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Up next, we're playing a little bit of catch-up, but still news that you need to know about AAA and results from Verano de Escándalo. Yeah, we that's right. We were out last week. Verano de Escándalo happened, so here we go. We'll do a rundown, then I'll focus on the highlights. First up, we had Aris and Cheek Tormenta defeating Abismo Negro Jr. and Flamer, and then the team of Mamba and Mr. Iguana. Mamba replaced Maximo, and Maximo replaced rumored contestant La Hydra. So, yeah, a lot of musical chairs there. But before the match, La Empresa beat down Mr. Iguana, Aris, and Mamba. We didn't see it happen. They just left a T-shirt by the... Guys there laying all beat down, but so it was obvious she did it. It was Law Impresa. Uh, great match. After the match, Viano 3 Jr. and Maravilla stared down Aries and Chick Tormenta, you know, hopefully setting up a rematch. It'll be interesting. And yeah, liked that match. Great match. But the best match of the night for me was the second match, the Alaste Oro match, where Io del Vikingo defeated Kamikaze, Commander, Aramis, Latigo, and Toxin. No names were announced for this match ahead of time, so everybody was a surprise entrance. Uh, very cool. Kamikaze is actually Luchador Ninja Mac under a different gimmick. He now looks like a Power Ranger, but they talked <laughs> about his background. He does. He looks he just totally like does. a Power Ranger. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's interesting. Commentary talked about his background in a very specific way that just made it very clear who he actually was. Uh, they really put him over. Very cool. But Vikingo got the much-deserved win and picked up a trophy for his outstanding work. Our third match of the night was Diana Perazzo defeating Lady Shawnee. After the finish, Deanna would not release her armbar on Shawnee until Fabi Apache ran in and made the save. Heightens the drama for their Triple Mania match between Fabi Apache and Deanna. I'm excited for this one. A lot of good stuff. And our trios match, we had Carter Brava Jr., Mocha Coda Jr., and Tito Santana defeating Fabi Apache, Laredo Kid, and Nino Ambergesa. Nino Ambergesa took the pin because obviously with everything they've got going on, Fabi and Laredo weren't going to get pinned. So, yeah, it was it, like the you knew the minute he came out. And our final match was the Psycho Circus of Monster Clown, Murder Clown, and Psycho Clown defeating Rey Scorpion, Taurus, and the recently departed from AAA Tejano Jr., a brawl started before the match. Scorpion, he beat on Psycho Clown. It was awesome. And despite a lot of implications that he may appear in the show, we did not get to see Sam Adonis in the show. He did not join Puma King and DMT Azul and La Empresa, who they did appear. He did not. Although I have a feeling it was probably more related to travel issues than yeah. anything else. Every indication points to Sam being there for Triple Mania. He's hyped up Law and Presa on Twitter and on mm -hmm. social media. So, yeah, it, it, his absence felt weird, but I feel like it was temporary. Well, yeah, and, so let's just talk real quick about that because they, they did show up, like, in mass. It wasn't just the two guys. It was a bunch of guys. So clearly the absence of... Sam or anybody else they want to put in this La Empresa faction was obvious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I just, it, yeah. Uh, you just felt his absence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. well, I mean, it's important to note there were dozens of probably young boys. Well, I shouldn't say dozens. Dozen of young boys in mass that were just there to generically add numbers. So, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was a cool visual too. I like the yeah. idea of them having the whole Pandilla with them. Like that's very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. And the standout match of the evening for me was clearly that Alistair Oro match. Ooh. VIP of the night, Il Del Vikingo. Yes. Oh, he was the obvious winner. Like he looked amazing all the way through. It was raining. They had a tent set up for the rain. And he used the beams in the tent to climb all the way up to the roof and then hit a dive to do a head scissors on Toxin. It was incredible. Later, during the final stretch with Latigo, he hit a top rope German suplex before getting the win with Aquerno de Vikingo. Just, oh, stunning match. I highly recommend this to everybody. Verano de Escondolo was a good show. It wasn't necessarily a great show. I mean, it was very good, but it wasn't great. But this match was great. Vikingo is great. He is a once in a generation talent, truly. I mean, like, Every day, I'm more and more impressed. He's going to be a father soon. Very exciting to be El Del Vikingo right now. Like, lots <laughs> yeah. of good stuff lots. going on. It's, yeah, his life is good. Uh, mm-hmm. My MVP in this one actually was Toxin. Uh, yes, because, Toxin was incredible. Not because he did a lot of big stuff. He did. But, I mean, you know, if you want to compare that to what uh, Vikingo or, or uh, Commander did, he's it was not nearly in the same caliber. But he was... Involved in every big spot. He was the base a lot of the time. I mean, just, he was, uh, very much present and made everybody else kind of rise up. So I was really, really happy with, with this. And mm-hmm. I just want to oh. throw this out there too. These are all indie stars. Like, none of these guys are actually AAA at this moment. Maybe Vikingo. I believe Vikingo is because there was, uh, when he sat out COVID for a while last year, AAA stated he was under contract, but I don't think the rest, I know that several aren't. And the Kamikaze rebranding was strange <laughs> for Ninja Mac. I, there's been a lot of luchadors named Kamikaze. I yeah. don't know if it was a, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's because they signed him, if there's some kind of trademark issues with Ninja Mac, who knows? But yeah, it, it's interesting. And, uh, Toxin was also the one that based, uh, Io Del Vikingo when he did that dive from the mm-hmm. roof. And it was incredible, like truly yep. incredible. And yeah. I also wanted to shout out AAA. I, I mentioned it, but the women's match, it's actually very, very rare in AAA to have a singles match for the women. It's always a tag team, trios, multi-woman, yeah. you know, mixed tag. There's always something, like some qualifier, it seems, compared to, you know, WWE or AEW, where we're accustomed to seeing women's singles matches. And it was really refreshing. And not only with that, but it was like a really solid singles match for the mm-hmm. women in AAA. Lady Shawnee was the best she's been in a long time in this yeah. match. Like, she really brought it. It was just incredible. The drive she had, everything. Uh, Deanna's armbar submission, the heel thing at the end where she wouldn't release it, and Fabi Apache had to run in to make the save. I, I was here for all of it. It was yeah. just, yeah, just incredible. Uh, and, I, and I think that as far as going back to what you're saying is that maybe the show wasn't, may not like, 
lackluster, but it, you know, wasn't super big. But I do think that this was definitely a stopgap, you know, to to get to Triple Mania, and I feel like oh, that absolutely. match in particular is really selling the feud going into Triple Mania because of the fact that it was a one-on-one match, and and that may really have been one of the only reasons why we did get that is because they wanted to continue to to to, uh do that story and you know just kind of continue something between diana and lady apache uh fabi apache uh because of the fact that that's really the only place it's being talked about it's not Mm -hmm. you know it's not being mentioned at all on the impact side so the only way that they're really able to keep the story going is through you know what you see on on triple a so i have a feeling that uh and not all the um the stories, but I'm sure La Impresa is another one too, where this was mainly meant to kind of show some segments or to continue some story getting into lead to Triple A, um, or Triple Mania. Absolutely. Um, and, and we'll kind of see more there, which I'm totally fine with. I am too. It, they also have the most build and the most history to their matches. I mean, they've done a fairly good job with Ray Scorpion and Psycho Clown too, but I feel like the best storyline or the most cohesive storyline going into triple mania is diana perazzo <laughs> and it's very cool to see and yeah very exciting yeah it's the only one they're giving genuine build to which makes mm-hmm. it hard to not be excited by it so um you know they not to say they're not building other things but law and press is just being jerks uh, Absolutely, not, yeah. You know, we're not there. We're not seeing any other than them being mean. We're not seeing any building to. You yeah, know. there's nothing significant about yeah. their their appearance yet, and we just yeah. need that weight behind it, some history behind it, something. I mean, yeah. the NWO yeah. are a perfect example for this. They came in, they cleaned house, and that's kind of what they need to do. Mm-hmm. So, but it'll be interesting. Triple Mania takes place on August the 14th this year, hopefully. I mean, it's the 29th year in a row. Maybe it'll be delayed. I don't know. Yeah. Tickets in Mexico City. and Yeah, lots going on. But hopefully, August the 14th, we will see Triple Mania. Check in at LuchaCentral.com for any news regarding Triple Mania and AAA. And, of course, the rundown and reviews of the show. Well, speaking of rundown and reviews, we got this week in AEW, and, you know, not to spoil it, but you got a pretty first-hand account of this week in AEW. Yeah, I did. We were at Fighter Fest this week yeah. in Austin. I'm actually ca- calling into the show from Austin this week. My voice is still hoarse from booing and cheering. <laughs> it, it, it was such a fantastic show. But first up, we have the Miami Road Ranger. Road Ranger. Dynamite, and we had Andrade versus Matt Seidel. Andrade had his in-ring debut. He came in wearing a full Black Mask cosplay. If you're not familiar, Black Mask is one of the perennial villains of Gotham City in the Batman comics. He's a wealthy gentleman who wears a pinstripe suit and the mask of a black skull. And when Andrade came out, he even had the skull mask on. It was very cool. It was a subtle nod to the continual influence that we see between Lucha Libre and superhero costume designs. But it was also a nod in a great way that we're going to see a villainous Andrade. I mean, it was just a subtle thing, but I loved that. And in a big way, 
in the matches, we've become accustomed to seeing a debut wrestler squashing his opponent. But when Andrade was up against Matt Seidel, it went on for a while, six or seven minutes. And I liked how it gave Andrade the platform and the opportunity to show off all his good stuff. We know what he can do, but we've seen him. We know La Sombra, but most of the AEW audience doesn't. And so his first match felt unique. It felt like it gave us a really strong glimpse into Andrade's character and his moveset and abilities. This was kind of what I'd been wanting all along. I just didn't expect the, to get it all in the first match. The yeah. interviews and everything, it just felt like it took a long time to build up to that. But still, yeah, it was it was a great match. Highly recommend you check it out. Love Andrade. Can't wait to see what he does next. It looks like he's going to go up against Death Triangle. And, you know, maybe he'll bring or in some of his... Or a line, yeah. you know, yeah. 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 looking for for uh, fights or for friends. Yeah, because uh, everybody knows you need a faction in AEW. That so. is also true. true. <laughs> That's pretty He's much in the couple. rules. They so, don't have rules for referees, but they have rules for <laughs> being in a faction. We're alluding to something that happened on this week's episode that Dusty got to see live. So we will, if you're confused by what we're talking about, we will bring you up to speed in a second here. But, right, yeah. yeah. He digress. <laughs> and if is going to get a faction, I mean, he's already got a couple of dudes. And if Tony Khan wants to... Open that forbidden door. Maybe we could see a couple of Andrade's dudes come over from Ring of Honor. Like, I would be super excited for that. But we'll, we'll get to that. We also, uh, Miami Road Ranger, we had Inner Circle, the Inner Circle trio of Proud and Powerful and Jake Hager versus the Pinnacle trio of Warlow and FDR. This was an incredible match. It really left me wanting more, which surprised me because we've seen the inner circle come up against Pinnacle many times now. Almost but the guys, times. yes, I mean, I would ordinarily agree, but the guys in this match were so good and so entertaining that I just can't help but want more. Like, I want more Hager, more Pound Powerful. I want them to get their win back. I, it was an incredible match, really. And the guys involved in this match, yeah, I mean, so good. I, I feel invested now, in the, especially in the trios thing. That was what made it a little fresher and different to me. After the match, Conan entered the ring to hit Wardlow with a mad ball, but Tully tripped him up literally, and they left with Proud and Powerful leaving in the ring to check on Conan. Great match. Great show, yeah. And then the main event, this is what we're going to get to now, Penta and Eddie Kingston versus the Young Bucks in a title match. Street fight. It was incredible. This was pretty much a hardcore match under a different name. It's hard for me to enjoy a match once the thumbtacks come out. I can do almost anything except thumbtacks. That's my... It suspends or breaks my suspension of disbelief and my worry about the pain and well-being of the performers takes over. But that being said, this was a great match. There were a couple of nasty thumbtack spots that I'm not going to mention. Uh, we had a run-in from the Good Brothers. We had a run-in from Frankie Kazarian. But in the end, it wasn't enough, and the Young Bucks retained the tag team titles. Ooh. <sighs> Yeah, I was not a fan. If there was ever a time to to switch the titles or to pull the trigger on somebody else and make them a big deal, this was the night. Like, they could have, yeah, yep. I don't know. 
I love the tag team pairing of Penta and Eddie Kingston too. It mm-hmm. seems based on some of the like the dark and dark elevation tapings that are going to show next week that we're going to get more of that tag team. I'm really looking forward to that. They're just so good together. It's it's not that I didn't enjoy his the Kingston's work with Moxley, but I felt like his pairing with Pentagon when they had the family and he always referred to Penta as his best friend. Like the whole thing was so good. And I hope to see more of that in the future. But next up, we had Austin, Texas, Fighter Fest Night 1. And we had Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage in an FTW championship match. A lot of us have been waiting for this. When they introduced the FTW championship, it seemed very cool, very fresh, something we hadn't seen in a long time, a unique title in the mid-card. But they didn't do anything with it. They just stuck it on Brian Cage, and that was it. This match, however, like, so good. The crowd was so hot for Ricky Starks. You cannot imagine how excited everybody in the arena was to see him. You could actually feel the air pressure changing when people were cheering for him as he came out. (laughs) It was undeniable. Ricky looked like a star the entire time. Ricky looked like a star the entire time. He used his moveset and agility against Cage's size and strength. But Will Hobbs in the FTW Championship sealed the deal when he swerved Brian Cage, hit him with the belt instead of Ricky, and Starkey Baby picked up the spear for a big win. Team Taz got together on the ramp, minus Brian Cage, and they left as a group to celebrate. It was incredible. I haven't actually seen the TV taping yet, so I don't know how the crowd sounds. But in person, it was just deafening. They could not have been more excited or more happy for Ricky Starks. Yeah, we, I was off air. I was talking about the the crowd and and who they were cheering for, and they were very definitely more in Ricky Starks's corner on this one. Yeah. So yeah, and, absolutely. And this is you know one of the times that AEW does the right thing. You know, even though it was somewhat expected, but the right thing to finally move the FTW title off of Brian Cage to Ricky. Um, I did find it curious that, you know, Team Taz ended up siding with Ricky at the end, kind of, or like they left with Ricky. So I don't know if this will allow Brian Cage to go off on his own, which I also think is, you know, a good thing because he's a true, you know, title contender, whether he goes. I mean, think about him, Miro versus Brian Cage for the Mm -hmm. TNT. I mean, that's Haas fight, you know, written all over um, or him even just going to uh, against Moxley again too. I mean, um, yep. Or not Moxley. Well, I mean, yeah, I, he was not he, Moxley again. Not Moxley again, <laughs> but going after the the world championship. Sorry, I get my yeah. world. I'm sleepy. Well, uh, so I'm getting things yeah. confused. But yes, uh, going after the world championship because eventually Kenny Omega is running out of people. You know, they need to have some formidable, you know, uh, competitors. So I, I do feel like this is a, a good way to get the FT title relevant and even more like defended and feel yeah. like a little more real championship. The fans are invested in it now. Yeah. Like there was a, that it would, before it was just Taz presenting Cage with that and then, you know, it, that didn't stick as well as they probably thought it was going to. But now that yeah. uh, now that it's the it's at the heart of this division of Team Taz, there there's more meat for the fans to to really appreciate it. And uh, I'd like to see it on TV more. So yeah, that'd be yeah. 
Well, and not to just be something for Cage to hold on to to look like a champion. I mean, like it good. just felt like yeah. a prop. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now it yeah. really feels like a championship. Part of the excitement for Ricky Starks is he's a local boy in Austin, Texas. Like, he lives yeah. here. And so everybody was excited to see Ricky. It was just incredible. And after Dynamite concluded, well, I guess we should mention, on Dynamite, Andrade showed up. He had a little promo, an interview, kind of, but he mentioned he was looking for the death triangle. And, yeah. You know, where could he find it? But it didn't say whether he was aligning, whether he was, yeah, like we've mentioned, whether he was looking for friends or enemies. And I want to I set the stage on this a little more because uh, it was already unique. The interview spot started with him, with Alex Eberhantes, who we already know is a, more than just an interviewer. So right, I was immediately yeah, paying attention, man. right? Yeah. yeah, and and so that's where Andrade and Andrade did most of this promo in Spanish too. Yes, with subtitles. That's yeah. what we saw in the arena. It was just a quick clip of him, but it was very exciting. Uh, yeah. And then afterwards, after Dynamite concluded, we're we're going to give you a little bit of a spoiler alert here. So if you don't want to know what happens. You can kind of skip forward now. But after Dynamite concluded, there was a taping of Dark Elevation, and we saw Fuego Del Sol return. I will not give the match away, but despite saying recently online several times that he hasn't been signed to the company, he's now in the intro of Elevation, and he's now touring with them. So it looks pretty likely. He also had an extremely emotional moment on Sammy's vlog, maybe the most emotional moment that's ever been on Sammy's vlog, and he'd really kind of become the like dark and dark elevation star of the pandemic era. Not the star, necessarily, but the lovable underdog that you always want to see. He was on every episode, and everybody wanted to see him hit that DDT. Exactly. (laughs) And so I hope – we all love Fuego del Sol. I hope that this is a sign that Fuego was all elite. Maybe, you know, they're not announcing it, especially after fan response at the last couple weeks, you know, when we found yeah. out he wasn't signed. Everybody kind of – I feel like they're working us, honestly. I do I, too. I, I really – yeah. yeah. I, I, I just, think – yeah. <laughs> we're both – <laughs> Yeah, I don't see how they're not working us on it, honestly, yeah. because it's just such a – a perfect story and such a perfect underdog story. And I mean, they've really done a great job with that. And I feel like even if he wasn't signed before he is now, like after the fan response, I don't see how they couldn't or wouldn't have signed him now. Yeah. It's, that's my only question is when did they decide that they were going to do this? And that's, but other than that, I know, like you said, based on fan response, based on, Every episode that he's been a big part of on Sammy's vlog has been a huge episode of, and Sammy's vlog is not like some little tiny thing, but you can no, it's, see, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a big can, deal. You can see the impact when when it's a Fuego del Sol episode, so they know they have to know at AEW that they, they've got something with this kid. So, I think there wasn't a petition being started to get yes. him. Yes, I, I did see that. I don't know exactly who started the petition, but it was gaining some momentum. You know, there's out, there's absolutely a fan response to it. And I, and then almost in some ways, I'm surprised AEW isn't capitalizing on that a little bit more. Um, and, or, or he's incorporating it more into a gimmick 
on dark or elevation um because i think AEW tends to like more of that viral uh type of of event or you know quirkiness of, of viral videos and so i i'm i'm a little surprised they haven't done more with it but you know i, I do hope that they do see what they have with him so i did want to circle back around to Andrade looking for Death Triangle. We were talking about it at the wrong spot in the show because yes. we were already so excited. We got so excited. It. <laughs> it, it's awesome. Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, yeah, there's no, there's no bad possibility out of this. Is you know, either he Not picks a all. fight with them, which is going to lead to amazing matches, or he factions with them, which is going to lead to amazing matches. Or, you know, I mean, okay, there is, there's one, but this is, that would be the WWE version of this where they then like just kind of eat a lunch and, and then that's the last thing we see of it. But that, I don't expect that's what AEW will do with it. We're going to have a fight or we're going to have them, them aligning. And either way, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. It's such an exciting time too to be a Lucha fan because we've never had as much lucha especially lucha possibilities but mm-hmm. i mean even in the wcw area like it, it was hard to see this many luchadors a week on tv and it's just incredible what AEW has brought us and um yeah. you know another small spoiler next week on elevation there is a penta and eddie kingston match you will see me during their entrance i was oh. right up front at the guard nice. very excited but yeah i was more excited to see them than anything like like I mentioned, that's one of my favorite pairings, and I like that AEW's leaning into that too. It seemed like that was mm-hmm. a, that a lot of people really liked it, and it's such a cool spot for them to be in right now. And lucky for us that we get to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, no, this, and we're, this week's episode of the show, we get to talk a lot about how great it is, a time it is right now to be a lucha fan in the United States because mm-hmm. yes, spoiler yeah. alert. It's all over the place, and all of it's some of the best stuff happening in wrestling right now. And I'm not saying that just as a Lucha fan. You can legit look at what fans are responding to and know this is some yes. of the some of the best stuff happening. And it truly is. We're kind of getting spoiled. For so long, you had to <laughs> almost be a detective to be a Lucha oh, fan in the yeah. United States. You had to seek it out. You had to look things up. You had to know people. You had to have sources, you know what I mean, especially back in the tape trading days. Yep. And now to just be able to turn on the TV and see Luchadors on almost every wrestling program is really incredible. It's a fine time to be alive, and if you want more of those luchadors, go to luchacentral.com. That's where you'll find AEW results, news, and all things Lucha Libre. I see what you did there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Make sure to stay tuned uh, because it's not only covered on luchacentral.com, but you know we're going to be talking about it each and every week. Up next, we got two weeks worth of NXT to go over, starting with the Great American Bash. And really the biggest news uh, for Lucha Libre fans to come out of the Great American Bash is that we have new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. You had The Way versus Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. Um, A surprise appearance by Tegan Knox was just what the doctor ordered, uh, which allowed to create the distraction long enough 
for uh, Io Shirai and uh, Zoe Stark to get the uh, win. This was actually uh, specifically the a pin by Zoe Stark on Indy Hartwell. So um, pretty big for Io Shirai and Zoe Stark to get the the win and now become the new tag team champions, especially for Zoe Stark, who has not been with NXT for very long. Um, but she was really part of that class uh, that was signed that really, you know, she's been really elevated and pushed on television and now already has her first championship. So a big congratulations to EO and Zoe. Yeah. Um, and it does leave you wondering, you know, what is next for them? Even though maybe they won't have a long reign, uh, I do think that, it is going to be a great way to elevate both of them. It's obvious that Io Shirai is kind of out of the NXT Women's Championship picture for for some time. Um, and again, another great way to elevate Zoe Stark because she, I absolutely do see her challenging for the Women's Championship sometime yeah. in the next year. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah, she, it, yeah. yeah she's been phenomenal. With her, it was as far as title picture goes. It was a question of what title and when they were going to pull the trigger on it. Yeah. And uh, I like the, this method of doing it because having her work with EO, who is a, a little more experienced with the NXT way of doing things really will help her elevate her game faster and get to that level where she could be a feature component of the, the, the best women's division in the world in a hurry. Yes, absolutely. This match was really fun. I really liked the interactions between Candice LeRae and Io Shirai. Um, so those were, again, Zoe Stark and Indy Hartwell are a little bit more of the less experienced. Um, and Candice LeRae is so versatile against who she can wrestle. So I felt like she had really good chemistry with Io and was able to really uh, capitalize on, you know, uh, even though she's much more uh, of a traditional wrestling type, you know, Candace also has a specialty in, in wrestling men and really wrestling any type. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that she performed really well in this match. Um, but, yeah, Zoe Stark kind of really got that crowning, shining moment. And it definitely leaves you interested in seeing what is next for them. Speaking of the NXT women's division, we jumped to this week on NXT where we had a little bit more Lucha Libre content to cover. First off, we had a confrontation uh, between Zaya Lee and Raquel Gonzalez, um, where Zaya Lee confronted Raquel and pretty much challenged her uh, for an opportunity for the NXT women's championship. And, of course, Gonzalez being the fighting champion accepted. So that match is going to be happening next week, um, which this is going to be interesting. I mean, Zia Lee uh, already's had a great series of matches with Mercedes Martinez, knocking her out uh, with her kicks. Uh, but mm-hmm. Raquel Gonzalez with her strength um, is still, I mean, that is her greatest weapon. And I think it's a great way to utilize Zia Lee as much as they've built her recently. Um, but it also seems like this could be a very short feud. I don't know if this is, you know, how long it's going to be, if it's a one and done. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but, you know, Raquel is a fighting champion, so there didn't seem any hesitation with her in uh, agreeing to face Zaya. 
I think because uh, Zaya's got a bunch of other things going on with her faction, so I feel like this is going to be the catalyst for something happening with that. So we're probably mm-hmm. only going to see her in one, maybe two matches with Raquel, which I'm here for because Zaya Lee, uh they showed up around the same time in NXT, so they probably worked together a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, the 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 Clash of star- Styles story that you can do with those two is going to be very fun. So. Yeah. Also, this week on NXT, we had Dexter Loomis versus Santos Escobar. And, you know, this was very traditional, Legado de Fantasma, as they provided a lot of help. Uh, both Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza helped Santos out a lot during this match, saving him from time to time. Um, but Santos Escobar won the match with the Phantom Driver. And after the match, we saw Legado de Fantasma have some type of confrontation with Hit Row. So they teased that before. It looks like they're going to continue to tease that. Santos is still keeping an eye on the North American Championship. So his, you know, uh, journey to that title, you know, didn't just stop with, uh, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, the, the champion before that. <laughs> um, There's so many. Bronson Reed, yes, yeah. We've got so many facts going right now, so folks. Sorry. Things. Oh my yes. gosh, we're doing two weeks at once. We're doing it's two weeks at once. Facts. And I'm just notoriously <laughs> Lucy, but yeah. So you know, his his hunt for the North American title hasn't stopped with Bronson Reed. It's going to continue on with Isaiah Swerve Scott and Hit Row. Um, it is very interesting that you have two pretty dominant factions going against each other. That's a rarity for NXT. We see that a lot more often on Raw and SmackDown. Um, and it could be kind of a, a true first. I think too, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if we could build this up and or go back and forth on it. Ultimately, this would be such a cool match for a war games type of level event, though I don't, you know, that that would be a, wise, a ways away. But, you know, who knows? They can possibly start and then revisit it again, or who knows? But I, I think it's a very interesting story that they're telling between Legado de Fantasma and Hit Row. Um, and I'm very happy that Santos is still on the hunt for the North American championship because I do believe that is something that he's, you know, it's, it's destiny. You know, the worlds will collide. That is absolutely in his future. Uh, so we will see what happens. We also had an interesting development with Frankie Monet. We did see a change in the Robert Stone brand. Um, where essentially Frankie Monet planted some seeds with the Robert Stone brand. Um, a few weeks ago regarding management, uh, there was some kind of tension and breakup with Aaliyah kind of just bouncing out of the Robert Stone brand and Frankie Monet ready to pick up the pieces. So uh, I don't know if they're going to have a rename because the Robert Stone brand isn't going to be led by Robert Stone anymore. It looks like that could be Frankie Monet's place. But I also think it could be such a great uh, move for her. I mean, we've already seen her being very much a prima donna, the Hollywood type. And aligning herself with the Robert Stone brand is, uh, you know, perfect synergy, as we call it in the corporate world. So uh, and this could be a, a way too where it elevates her profile so that eventually when she starts to challenge for titles, you know, she has the help of, you know, some some other people in that. But uh, it, it's, you know, it, I think it's a beautiful thing when you take two kind of existing entities and they blend together so well. I feel like this is going to be something fun for Frankie Monet. 
And then, last but not least, we had the main event of this week's NXT, Karrion Cross versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship with special referee Samoa Joe. This was set up last week uh, at uh, the Great American Bash. And, you know... Speaking of Bronson Reed, uh, a lot of fans thought that he would, when him losing the uh, North American Championship was a sign that he was going to get moved up to Raw or SmackDown since both him and Karrion Cross had dark matches or rep matches on main event not too long ago. It looks like Bronson Reed's staying around. He kind of called out Adam Cole. Um, and the results of this match really proved that Karrion Cross is here for the long haul. Um, Karrion was fairly dominant throughout this match. Uh, the both men or Johnny Gargano attacked Karrion Cross before the bell. Um, and Samoa Joe was really the referee, but also enforcer. He did not put up with anything. Um, but this time around, you know, what else could you expect with, you know, the differences in style and size uh, and aggression between these two? Um, we had Karrion Cross win the match and retain the championship after trio power bombs in the Doomsday Saito. And then he had a rolling elbow to end it, which was, you know, again, an interesting way. The fact that Karrion has multiple kind of finishing maneuvers that he can pull out of nowhere makes the way that he ends matches very interesting. But. What happened in the end is a little bit more interesting because as Joe was leaving the ring, uh, Karrion Cross locked in the cross jacket on him and making Samoa Joe pass out. So it does look like we are leading back to, you know, Samoa Joe possibly coming back into an NXT ring to face Karrion Cross. I can't wait. Like, Cannot uh, wait. I'm so nah. excited for that. It's finally happening. Like, mm, it's been yeah. a long time since we got to see Samoa Joe in the ring. Yes. And again, talk about Haas fight, you know. Yeah. Samoa Joe is going to be nothing like what Karrion Cross has faced in NXT, period. So I, I, it's fascinating. It is, yeah. He's a lot bigger than anybody else he's faced. It's going to be a, a much more interesting match. Yeah, and, and he's versatile. He knows a lot of the same moves that Karrion uses, yeah. you know. So it's they, almost they, like a reflection. It's almost, similar you know, styles. Yeah. very similar styles. Very yeah. similar, very similar aggression, very similar attitude. I mean, it's, it's just, it's very much not a clash of styles of almost mirror images. So. Well, that's, that's part of the styles makes fight dynamics too, right? Like you having two people with vastly different styles is one story, but having two people that are coming from the same background with the same mental headspace and the same kind of emphasis on uh hybrid martial arts and wrestling is another story because then it's about who's better uh who's the best at that that particular game on that day so yeah i mean exciting always exciting to see that kind of story too uh, plus you add in that they're both big guys so it's going to be a hoss fight i love it uh, well, that is this week in NXT. The results are available on LuchaCentral.com, so make sure you check it out if you missed both last week and this week in NXT. Up next, some big news coming out of Ring of Honor, best in the world. Brendan, go ahead and take it away. All right. Well, so we did skip last week. Uh, so there was some ROH TV that was going on. They had some, they had a good pure match. On the week before, 
Uh, they also had a cinematic match for those of you that are, or cinematic style match for those of you that are interested in that sort of thing. As we've talked about it, uh, ROH TV had the fight on the farm, which you can get the whole thing on you, YouTube. Not at all lucha, but because it's cinematic and some people have, have told me that they very much appreciate these things. I thought I would mention that. Um, then on this, Go home episode of the TV taping. Our main event was a three-way tag match with members of LFI, uh, Violence. I always get confused. Unlimited. Unlimited. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. There's so uh, and, many violent faction <laughs> And and the the uh, the foundation and so. Any other week where we have more time, we would be spending a lot more – I would be spending a lot more time focusing on this match and what a great go-home episode this was because you had six guys that tore the house down for just a TV taping, which is if you, a night and day change to what you see at WWE and even AEW to a degree where, you know, like they're, they're obviously saving themselves for the pay-per-view. They want to do something that's kind of intense and cool, but there was no obviously saving them. Like the, you had Brody King looking amazing in this mm-hmm. whole thing. Uh, and then you had, had, uh, all of the LFI guys hitting, hitting their spots. I mean, this fantastic match. Uh, if you, if you, uh, go back and watch the, the episode, it's uh, well worth that, your time for that match alone. But that, as I mentioned, was just the go home show to best in the world, which is, uh, what, where the big, big news came out of. So we had three, we had a few matches that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm going to start with, uh, PJ Black was on the show. Uh, that is, he, you know, we have covered him because of his time in, uh, Lucha Underground. This was not a very Lucha match. And in fact, he played very little into the overall match. The majority of the story on his team was about Brian Johnson, his partner, um, kind of elevating himself to be at a level with the Briscoes. If you missed, uh, I didn't give you the, the rundown. This was the Briscoes versus PJ Black and Brian Johnson. So it was, you know, it's a good match. It's not a lucha match. Um, and if you're looking for lucha content, this was not your match. Although I always will support PJ Black being on ROH mm-hmm. because, uh, he is, he is a good technical wrestler and, and can do lucha. So hopefully we see more of that out of him because we're going to, there was a serious shift in power this week again, and it looks like luchadors are the story of the future. So PJ Black is the guy that can work with them in these in, in all of this uh, new dynamic. So then we cool. then uh, still in the first hour, which was free and is still available on YouTube for free. We also had Ray Orus and Demonic Flamita in, in the grudge match from the implosion of the, uh, Mexa, Mexa Blood faction. Uh, the, this is what you would expect out of these guys. You got, you got two guys from Lucha Libre backgrounds that are not happy with each other. So you had a little bit of mix of the LA and Texas styles as I, as I like 
I, I'm just going to keep using that, Miranda. I'm going to give you credit for it. but Well, <laughs> you know, sometimes genius moments just happen. Um, and, you know, you just got to embrace it. Yeah, uh, well. Embrace it. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that's all I got. <laughs> that's all good. It's all good. Yeah, so you had a little bit of brawling. You had a little bit of technical stuff. Flamita is trying to be a little more of a brawler right now because he's a, he's a bad guy, but I mean, he's still highly trained luchador that can, uh, fly at will and, and they did. Uh, and then, yeah, so Ray Oro's got the win, but the story coming out of this was that Flamita wasn't happy with that and he beat Ray Oro's down afterwards. So it sounds like we're not done with these two in, in this feud and, I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. Uh, I would, ideally, I would like to see one of the two of them, after this is over, get elevated to a pure title or a TV title. Yeah. Challenging, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the show for now and we'll keep going with that. Uh, then we had, uh, Dragon Lee trying to regain the television championship from Tony Depp and, and, what may well have been the show stealer match. Like I remember more moments from this than I do from the main event. Although when we get to what happened in the main event, there's one big moment that I, of course, but uh yeah, Tony Depp and Dragon Lee was just first off. Tony Depp and uh, is uh, we've covered, covered him on the indie roundup. He's not specifically Lucha trained, but he seems to love working with luchadors and works well with them. So, I, I really want to see more of this. Um, but yeah, Dragon Lee managed to regain the TV title in, in, uh, really one of my runner ups or, or total picks for match of the night. It's really, really good stuff. Can't get that one for free. You do have to be an honor club member, but it's only $9.99. Like, I mean, come on guys. And then here it is. We had the world title. Roosh versus Bandito. Bandito had recently won the survival of the fittest to get him into this match. Uh, this is the whole point of this, this particular survival of the fittest was these were people who had never before won the world championship. Uh, or, and, and here he is in the main event of one of their big shows of the year against Roosh, who has held the title throughout the entire pandemic era and a bit before that. He's been looking unstoppable. And he, uh, honestly, we th- I thought he was going to be unstoppable again because mm-hmm. the bell rang. Roosh basically uh, nails him with the bull's horns in the, in the first minute of the match, goes for, looks like he's going to go for a pin and then changes his mind. Which, I mean, those of you who are not familiar with all of his title defenses, that's how he beat Dalton Castle. That's like, it was under two minutes. It was on TV. It wasn't a pay-per-view. So, uh, but they'd already set precedent that he can win with just the bull's horns and, and, uh, that's the end of the match. So it was legit. The fear was there that like they were just going to bury Bandito for a second. <laughs> uh, but. No, he, he arrogantly pulled him up. The match went on for a while. That was kind of the story is Roosh really was looking like he was, uh, confident and in charge. He did a lot of very rudo maneuvers. He tore the mask of Bandito several times. That's actually what ultimately led to hit to the pinfall is, uh, he was tearing at the mask. The referee finally got 
got his attention, and while the Roosh was telling the referee, I'm the champ, I can do whatever I want, Bandito hit him with a quick scissors roll-up. Not a schoolboy. The most dangerous re- move in pro wrestling. <laughs> 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 but a scissors roll-up, got the one, two, three, uh, was so excited that he was telling, that he was talking to the camera, he was basically gibbering at the camera and didn't notice that all of LFI showed up, who then proceeded to beat him down. Now, the only real story about that part of it is, I don't know if this is them doing story building or if, if uh, Dragon Lee was just tired because he just wrestled an amazing match, but he didn't seem to join in the beatdown as fast as everybody else. Um, but our big takeaway, Bandito is the champion now. He is the, the ROH world champion and, uh, he is, uh, he's, he's set up for a series of defenses. I mentioned la- on the last episode we recorded that he's there, they already have matches with him and Roosh scheduled for TV tapings. So this may be a little bit of a feud for a little bit. And, uh, I'm, again, I'm here for it. I also, uh, had said, Bandito was at the kind of at the the put up or shut up sort of moment in his career. He either needed to step up to this main event level or he needed to just kind of get out of the get out of the way. And here he is, the champ with a big angle going in. He's probably going to defend against multiple members of LFI and the faction and violence because they all want that title and they're all trying to shift the balance of power. So. Uh, Bandito versus Gresham, please. Just get <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a lot of good match or potential matchups, and you're right. I don't think anyone came into this uh, match thinking Bandito was going to win. I, I think he was a surprise that he just won. Uh, you know, Survival of the Fittest, and um, yeah, because he was just kind of just this dark horse going into that. I don't think very many people expected him to to win the world championship. No, no. I I honestly thought that they were just going to have him do the competitive match with Roosh and and just come out just that short and that was going to be the story of it. But no, here he is, the champion. Um he may not hold it long. It may get he may lose it right away, but he's in the picture now and uh, you know, that's that's part of his story from here forward. Well, make sure you check out LuchaCentral.com for or go ahead. I'm sorry. I did. I, I didn't put this in my notes. I did want to mention that uh, since you said LuchaCentral.com, there is a story on LuchaCentral.com written by our bachelorette, Lizzie, about luchadors finding a home in ROH wrestling. It's a. Mm-hmm quick little read it's very fun it's very well thought out i just wanted to to give a shout out to that as well i agree with all of her points on this i think roh is the home for lucha libre here in the united states i mean even more than mlw they really emphasize luchadors they're putting luchadors at all levels from top to bottom of the card here um so yeah uh Go ahead and do the, the the pitch back to Lucha Central. I just want to that that article is up there and it's worth the read. 
Yeah. No, it's such a valid point because, I mean, we've talked about this for quite some time with, um, you know, uh, Mexi Blood and LFI being just two independent Lucha Libre factions, but Dragon Lino, you know, with a, another TV title reign, um, you know, LFI already having a tag team title reign, uh, both with Roosh and now Bandito, two luchadors back to back title reigns i mean they're making a a concentrated effort to put their luchadors on the forefront and they continue to produce really really great matches so i i could to me there'd be no other explanation behind it and so i'm really looking forward to reading lizzie's article and you should too at luchacentral.com up next we're doing something a little different with this week in lucha libre history dusty i'm gonna let you go into that yeah, this week, due to logistics, we won't be doing This Week in Lucha Libre for the first time ever. Ever. But, yeah, ever. We have always done This Week in Lucha Libre. This is the first time ever we haven't done it. But, you know, as time goes on, it may not figure into the show. We had a lot of news and information this week. So you should be sure that you check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera. He never misses. It's there every day. There's information, birth dates, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre, and it's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And, Brendan, we've already talked about what you could find at LuchaCentral.com as far as this day in Lucha Libre. But what else can our listeners find at LuchaCentral.com? Well, let's do this. If you're listening to this and you haven't actually visited LuchaCentral.com, you really should do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all the top news in English and in Spanish. You can find the best curated video content like this day in Lucha Libre. Uh, as well as original content not seen anywhere else, including uh, the Expo Lucha content, which I'm just going to constantly pitch that we've got. They've got great matches and great interviews from that. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And here we go. Here we go. This is the, the, the final selling point. I'm going to, if you haven't heard the, if you've heard this every week and you haven't gone, I don't understand this because it's free. You lose nothing by going there. They don't even make you take cookies. Just LuchaCentral.com is your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You mean digital cookies, not real cookies. Yeah. Well, they they don't make you take either of them. Okay. Yeah. 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 I've got to be like, well, maybe they should give cookies. I don't know. But I got, I'm hungry, so I'm sorry. (laughs) My mind wandered. But, uh, yes. Thank you, Brandon, for letting all of our listeners know what you could find at luchacentral.com. Up next, we got this week in WWE and a huge return. Uh, yeah. Talked about, kind of speculated before, but now it's official. It's true. But first up, I'm going to cover Monday Night Raw, and then we'll get to the real meat of the conversation. On Raw, Lucha House Party last week defeated Mace and T-Bar. This was a quick match, and it just felt weird. WWE had made some strong moves regarding the booking with Retribution. 
And now they've rebranded basically everybody that was involved except for Mace and T-Bar. And then Mace and T-Bar lose this week to Lucha House Party. I don't know if this is part of rebranding for Mace and T-Bar, but it just felt inconsistent. And this is the type of booking and win that makes it feel like wins and losses don't really matter. And that's kind of what WWE has said, but it's because they've made them not matter. It's just, yeah, not for me. Love to see Lucha House Party get the win. Lince Dorado looked fantastic. Grand Metalik looked fantastic. But I, their booking in this match, the, the whole thing with Retribution has not been for me. But then on SmackDown, first we had the Mysterios. They're getting involved in Edge. He, you know, stood up to Roman Reigns, but he's got a little backup in his battle with Roman, against Roman Reigns and Usos. He called him out after, on the main event of SmackDown last week, after Roman Reigns had mended fences with the Usos earlier in the episode. Reigns came out, the Usos soon followed, but when Edge and Reigns began fighting, Ray and Dominic came out with chairs, and the Mysterios attacked Jay and Jimmy and helped Edge even up the numbers, and this is leading into a trios match at Money in the Bank. So, very exciting for them. But the biggest news this the last couple weeks, not just this week, but the last couple weeks in WWE, is Zelina Vega has made her surprise return to WWE when she appeared on the uh, July 2nd episode of Friday Night SmackDown. She had been released from the company in November 2020 over what were reported to be issues regarding WWE's policy that banned wrestlers from working with, uh, in, working independently, at least, with third-party media companies like Twitch, OnlyFans, and Cameo, before she later announced on Twitter that she supported unionization. So, there was a lot to leave there, but she's back. She had a return match with Liv Morgan, lasted about three minutes before Liv Morgan beat her, but then she was also announced as the second entrant into the Women's Money in the Bank match. So it was a very WWE thing to kind of punish somebody with a loss on their way in, you know, to kind of assert their power in a way, I guess, over the things she had said and the way she had handled things. For instance, her Twitch channel still up in the air. But I don't necessarily think the loss affected her at all. I don't think it mattered. I don't even know if anybody remembers or if they will remember that she lost just as she debuted. And so it's kind of an interesting position to be in. And I also wonder what it means for Money in the Bank. There's eight total entrants, um, including Alexa Bliss. It doesn't look highly likely that Zelina would win. But at the same time, there's always a dark horse like Otis who can win. And it would be really interesting. I also like that we're getting Zelina the wrestler now instead of Zelina the manager. Her managerial skills are top-notch. You know, we all know they're excellent. But when we got the chance to see her in the ring against Bianca Belair and the whole poisoning angle with Street Profits, it was really interesting. And I felt like we never got a proper blow-off to that. We never really found out if Zelina poisoned uh, Montez, I believe it was, but I think that that kind of helps now because we have a built-in feud with Bianca Belair after Money in the Bank, and so maybe Zelina does win. You know, there's a lot that can kind of point that way if you're looking for signs, 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just a very exciting time for Zelina. And again, you know, very exciting time to see Luchadors and Luchadoras on TV. SmackDown is the most widely watched wrestling program, at least in the United States. I don't know about internationally, but it gets more viewers than usually than Smack, than Raw and uh, AEW Dynamite combined just due to being on broadcast television instead yeah. of cable. You're able to draw that many more eyes. And so the fact that Zelina's got such a prominent position on the, what's now become the A-show, truly, it's very exciting and it's interesting. I, I don't know that we'll see her win, like I said, because of some of the bigger names. But it's something very interesting to keep an eye on this week as the – Money in the Bank happens, I believe, on July 18th, live from Dallas. Yes, this Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think, you know, thinking about what's happened with the women's Money in the Bank briefcase the past few years, we haven't really, the, the main time that I felt like it made such a big presence and impact on someone's career was the very first one with Carmella. Mm-hmm. But after that, we had almost... We had two back-to-back same cash-ins on the same night with Alexa Bliss and Bailey. Then last year we had Asuka winning the women's championship from it with that big reveal. So I would love to see somebody carry it around for a while and tease it. And when I think of someone who would be ideal for it, that would be Zelina Vega, you know. Absolutely. Um, I think she would just be such a hot commodity with that briefcase teasing who she's going to challenge and when. And, you know, thinking about that briefcase really symbolizing the ultimate opportunist. And that's why Carmela's, you know, reign, not only, I mean, somewhat controversial if you think about how she won it twice. Uh, but the way that she cashed in on Charlotte was exactly the intention that it, you feel like Money in the Bank has built up to. Mm-hmm. So I really hope that whoever gets this, this briefcase holds on to it and you tease that, especially now that you have live crowds, that you never know who's gonna when it's gonna be cashed in and it could really be used to elevate someone. And I think Zelina checks off all of those boxes. Yeah. Oh, she absolutely does. Go ahead, Brendan. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. No, no, you I we're all on the same page here. I agree a thousand percent that she checks all those boxes. Uh up to and including she, because she came out of the manager position and not everybody has seen her do a lot of wrestling, she fits the type of person. I'm going to throw out the, the Edge and Miz are the, are kind of the consummate opportunists that people think of with money in the bank championships. So, um, she really fits that mold too. So I think there's a lot that they can do with this, but I mean, it's WWE, so we we are getting ourselves worked up for, uh, you know, what's probably going to be a Mandy Rose win. I'm just, you know, <laughs> is she even in the match? No, she's, she's, she's not in, in the match. Yes, she's in yeah. back in that. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. That's go back to you know the possible <laughs> yeah. trade that they did Aaliyah for Mandy Rose. So that definitely has more implications back to the Robert Stone brand. But you know, I think my money kind of is on Alexa. Um, just because that seems to be, you know, the person that they, they highlight so much, um, and, and someone that's on the forefront when it comes to storylines. Alexa Bliss has been kind of that golden child for quite some time. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I could see that being the, literally the case, uh, that she, she wins, but you know, we could always dream. Yeah. But, <laughs> 
the the interesting thing is she doesn't necessarily need Money in the Bank. Rizzi no. would do a lot to elevate Zelina. Yes. And yes. with SmackDown seemingly taking precedence over Raw in a lot of ways these days, it will be interesting to see how this plays out. Well, you know, Rhea and Charlotte are just going to fight forever. So yeah. that's, already, that's already the case. So you're right. And then, you know, with, with Bailey being out of the picture, Sasha not, you know, currently wrestling, it really does leave an open floor plan for anyone to challenge for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So I, I agree. I could see someone on the SmackDown side winning the championship. And I think it actually would be great for uh, Bianca Belair, you know, to, to have a feud with whoever wins that briefcase. Yeah, I agree that it it again, it would make the most sense there. But let's let's be honest. Have yeah. they done anything sensible, really, in the past year or so? I mean, we could go further, but during the COVID area, they've been notorious with very poor choices. Very true. Yeah, super true. Well, as we've mentioned with all the other shows, of course, you can find the results for Raw and SmackDown on LuchaCentral.com. So make sure you stay tuned in case you missed anything. We are now going to be moving into MLW, which had a big weekend this past Saturday. Battle Riot 3 happened on July 10th at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia. And I went back and forth on how to to talk about this or address this because they did tape not only for Battle Riot, but I'm sure for future episodes of Fusion. So I've decided that I'm going to leave this fairly spoiler-free. I'm not going to do a in-depth match analysis because there was a lot of matches during that show. Um, And I'm going to wait until those start to air to talk about it. But I'm going to talk about the big news for Lucha Libre fans that came out of Battle Riot 3. And this, talk about a swerve, something very unexpected uh, to me, especially. I'll, I'll get your guys' reactions to this. Um, but we did see uh, Azteca Underground ba- boss Caesar Duran come out. Uh, and, you know, of course, he, he said he was going to be at Battle Riot 3. And, and he did. He is, you know, the the proprietor of Azteca Underground, which is being handled as seemingly a, another brand as MLW, but on MLW. Um, we didn't necessarily get a whole lot of questions answered regarding Azteca Underground, but we did get some new signees. Um, Cesar Duran came out and he was interrupted by Myron Reed and Jordan Oliver of Injustice. And they were into, interrupted by Conan. And the new LAX, yes, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. I said LAX, the Latin Exchange, Conan, led by Danny Limelight and Slice Boogie, uh, as well as Julia Smokes, um, now comprise the new LAX in MLW. I wasn't aware there was a three-man faction. That's well, great. So this is another thing, too. So most of the reports that I read specifically address Danny Limelight and Slice Boogie. Um, yeah. Other reports have included Julia Smokes in that. So I'm adding that in, but I, that is somewhat 50-50. Uh, and, again, because this was done live, some live reports just put Danny Limelight and Slice um, others put Julia Smokes in there as well. I haven't been able to get a clear, concise confirmation of, of Julius, but he has 
know, wrestled and, and managed in MLW before, so it would make sense. But I, mm-hmm. really, the big news is Danny Limelight and Slice Boogie. Um, right. Being oh, man. managed now by by LAX. Now this is just the Miranda moment because let's let's give what's <laughs> up. A West Coast Puerto Rican LAX. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yes. you. We needed Thank this you. West Coast one. Yeah. We needed a West Coast LAX with the region. Really did. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Thank it you. just makes more sense with the name LAX, like West Coast. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Perfect. We have a small Rican population out here on the West Coast. So to see Danny yeah. and Slice being the new LAX led by Conan. Now, there's some interesting information. I wanted to share this because, again, this is things that I have found. This has been somewhat confirmed, but not really. This story came out of Fightful. But I know a lot of, you know, fans are thinking LAX. Huh. That's from Impact Wrestling. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Conan did approach Impact Wrestling and ask if they could use the name LAX in MLW, and they agreed. So that name is still owned by Impact Wrestling, uh, but they allowed Conan and MLW to use it for the purposes of this group. Uh, so it's really two worlds colliding when you have kind of an, M, uh, an Impact entity now coming under the umbrella of Azteca Underground. Yeah, but so they're doing it in that nice kind of, fuzzy way where it's uh, it's not mlw it's azteca underground so they can pretend like it this might also be an impact sanctioned version of of lax if they need to do that so we'll it'll all kinds what i am excited about though is basically lax at this point the the faction name and and all of that is the american version of gringos locos Oh, where, uh, you know, I we're didn't bring, think about that, but you're right. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, we're bringing in hot new talent, and we we need to put them in together as a faction. We're gonna put them with Conan. We're gonna call them LAX. Boom. Yeah, I love this. I, I'm absolutely a fan that we now have had three yeah. different LAXs. And I think, too, it's going to be great to see them have, uh, if it looks like this is the beginning of a feud with Injustice, it's a really good first, you know, kind of an interaction. Because Injustice yeah. is definitely a MLW ingrained stable mm-hmm. and stable. Um, and, you know, they were brought in as kind of the, the bad guys, the heels in this situation. So um, I think it's going to be interesting. Now, another interesting fact about this, and we going back to AEW, I mean, We've been talking about the Internet's been talking about Danny Limelight, and he was really prevalent on AEW television for quite some time. You know, we don't have exact confirmation from Danny himself as far as if he's, you know, signed to MLW and exclusive to MLW. The good thing about being with MLW is that you are able to continue to work independent shows Mm. across the U.S., and that seems to be, you know, something he is doing. But that leaves into question what his future with AEW is. And was it that, you know, AEW just didn't take the bite and, and didn't, you know, get him to sign. So now he's gone on to another entity where, you know, he still has that flexibility to compete all over, uh, but also be on a big television or a big, you know, platform for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm very curious to hopefully learn more uh, about it. But again, MLW is now back. They're growing 
being, you know, this whole new Azteca underground entity is is now really making a, a stand as its own group. And I'm yeah, I'm just very excited for the potential now. And of course, you have Conan as still that manager, that figurehead, that leader. I think we talked about it, and I don't know if we remember talking exactly about it on the show, but I know in passing as us as a trio, you know, Conan is really, you know, talk about Forbidden Doors, uh-huh. really someone who, I mean, we just saw him on AEW television. Well, um, yeah, last week, yeah. Last week, you and, know. He well, and Proud and Powerful showed up this week against Tully to kind mm-hmm. of get the revenge back on. Yeah, I mean, incredible stuff with Conan. Incredible. So, uh, you know, it's it's still very interesting to see how now, you know, MLW is really putting that their name in that forbidden door conversation or mainly, you know, maybe they stole one of the biggest talents in independent wrestling right under from AEW. Um, you know, that I again, these are all things that are just kind of running through my mind as we saw Danny Limelight have a pretty big role in, in AEW now jumping over to MLW. It doesn't mean that he can't do both, uh, but it also seems like maybe he's taking some more time with MLW. Um just to round the picture out a little bit, he also did a lot of work with the NWA and championship wrestling mm-hmm. over the last year too. So like to your point, he's a big indie star, but he's there's a lot of of uh directions that he could be going right now, and he could do theoretically do any mix of these too. Yeah, so he really could, and I'm excited for Slice. Slice is a boss. Slice, oh, Slice yes. is a, I tell you, like, <laughs> I think I I he has the look, he can talk, he has the attitude. So I'm really excited for Slice to have this opportunity to be on MLW and again a West Coast. Rican LAX. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to, to the Lucha gods, to the Azteca underground gods, uh, repping us out here in the West Coast. Uh, yeah. my offering with my Puerto Rican gift basket at my altar later tonight. Gracias. Dusty, you can be honorary West Coast with us. Yes. yes you can be yeah, honor- I mean, you're right in the middle, but yeah, you honorary <laughs> West Coast. I'm Midwest Coast. So yeah. <laughs> we'll get you. We'll get you on this side. West Coast is the best coast. So yes. Yeah, so Battle Riot updates. We'll continue to provide those as they air. That is kind of the approach that I'm going to be taking with Battle Riot and and episodes of Fusion. And MLW is going to be running shows uh, really through the rest of this year. Live shows uh, all over. So Fightland as well. I believe they're going to do more shows in uh, Philadelphia. I believe Chicago. I think they may even be going back to Dallas. So MLW is ramping up. And I'm I'm really excited with this new crop of talent um, that they have. That you, is is going to be, you know, something different. You uh, you skipped the other exciting news we talked about in previous week. They're also reportedly going to be filming on the West Coast in the L.A. area for potentially for uh, uh, Azteca I, Underground. As I keep I I was trying to yeah. not say Lucha we Underground. I kept wanting we, to say Lucha. I know <laughs> we have two weeks of content. Everyone, relax. Yeah. Relax. We got so much, so much news and information in our but, heads that yeah. we're trying to tell you about. But yeah, that's true. I mean, we still don't have super firm confirmation, still just kind of speculation, but that's also true. I mean, if they decide to film Azteca Underground as its own show or own matches, that, and, you know, 
just that West Coast love. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a it's a beautiful thing, everyone. It's a beautiful thing. Also, a <laughs> side note, they are looking to ramp up their women's division and establish a, a, a firm women's division um, in MLW. I think that's fantastic. Um, you know, taking an alignment with what we're seeing with other kind of these medium, larger size independents. I'll talk a little bit about NWA in a second, but Ring of Honor. Um, they also announced the brackets for the uh, new uh, Women's Championship tournament. So it's also yeah. been a beautiful time uh, for women's wrestling right now. Out with these kind of, you know, bigger independent promotions. So that is it for MLW. Of course, we're going to keep you updated each and every week. Very quick, I'm going to be jumping to NWA Power. Uh, and a lot of these results actually are from last week's Power um, with a little bit of news on NWA Empower, the all-women show that's going to be happening soon. Last week on NWA Power, we had Thunder Rosa team up with Sky Blue to face Serena Deeb and Kylie Ray. Uh, Serena Deeb and Kylie Ray won, uh, with Serena Deeb. I'm sorry, this was Kylie Ray, uh, putting on the submission to Sky Blue. Now they keep on with the storyline with Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa pretty much fighting for who is going to be the next contender for, uh, the women's championship. Uh, but Thunder Rosa still making her appearance and presence known on NWA. Um, and then interestingly enough, we had the NWA Lucha Rules match, a six-way or six-man match, uh, La Rebellion and a mystery partner versus Hawk, uh, Aerie, that's PJ and Luke Hawk, uh, and El Rudo, Sam Adonis. Um, Homicide was revealed to be the partner for La Rebellion. And they won after Mega Wolf performed a 450 splash uh, on Luke Hawk for the win. And again, this Lucha presence on NWA is very interesting to see um, because they are hard hitting, no nonsense. Um, and your, it's been. Go ahead. This is your Texas wrestle Lucha team yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you had, you know, Mega Wolf, the 450, they're just more brutal. Uh, and, and they're still making a statement about, you know, wanting to be a dominant force in the tag team division. I hope that they win the tag titles along the way. Um, but even having Sam Adonis, you know, on the opposite side as, you know, with his Lucha Libre experience and being able to, to be competitive in this match is really refreshing. So again, it's still kind of an interesting thing to see Lucha Libre content on NWA television, on NWA product, but I'm glad they're going in this direction. Um, and it's not, you know, kind of the cheesy, corny, uh, expected way of treating a Lucha Libre. It is much more of a brutal, uh, you know, team. Um, and who knows if Homicide is going to continue to to work with La Rebellion on a longer term basis. But um, this, too, you know. Uh, is is very entertaining and interesting. So that was last week on NWA television. And then this week, uh, NWA did have a press conference to go over uh, their next round of pay-per-views, including NWA Empower, which is their all-women show that they've advertised. They gave a little bit more information about 
about that show that is going to be a uh, cup. It's going to be a tournament uh, to for a cup. It's going to be an annual show. And the winner of that cup will then go on and face Camille for the NWA Women's Championship the next night. So Saturday, August 28th. NWA's first ever all-women's pay-per-view in power. Then the night after, on Sunday, August 29th, you have NWA 73. And so uh, at NWA 73 is when Camille will face the winner of the tournament from Empower. So just got interesting tidbits. Uh, we still have, you know, a whole bracket of, uh, announcements of who's going to be competing on Empower. Uh, but it's great to see NWA just doing some new things. Um, and again, this, they announced that this is going to be an annual show. So, um, that's a great to see NWA making that commitment. Last but not least, we have Impact Wrestling. And what we're going to focus on more this week is the road to Impact Slammiversary. That's happening this Saturday, July 17th. It's going to be live on Fight TV and also on pay-per-view. As far as, you know, some matches that Lucha Libre fans can be, uh, you know, interested in or, or keep a close eye on, uh, we did formally get a four-way tag team match for the Impact World Tag Team Championships uh, that was made last week. We have Violent by Design, our current champions, who are going to face Rich Swan and Willie Mack versus TJP and Falaba versus the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. So uh, this week they had, and I, the reason why I've been saying Haas fight so much is that they did announce a Haas fight match on Impact where you had Joe During versus Willie Mack versus Falabaugh versus Doc Gallows. Um, that match was won by Joe During, but you talk about big guys all together oh. in one ring. Woo. I can yeah. just hear JR saying slobber knocker over yep. and over again. Yes. Uh, also, we talked about her earlier in the show. Deanna Parasso is going to be uh, defending the Impact Knockouts Championship against a mystery opponent. Scott Demore said that, well, actually it was Gail Kim announced last week that she's going to be defending the championship against a mystery opponent. This week on Impact, they kind of did a tease as to who it could be based off of uh, Deanna's conversation with Scott Demore tease maybe, you know, someone from Nashville, a la Mickey James. They didn't say these names exactly, but if you listen to the segment, you know, a team, it, 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 you could definitely get a feel for who they were teasing. Uh, they talked about the hot mess, uh, which alluded Chelsea Green, the iconics, which were also teased. So, uh, you know, they're really playing up this mystery opponent and utilizing Slammiversary like they did last year and seeing who they can bring into the wrestling world, especially those who may have been released earlier this year from uh, WWE. And it's a it's a hot market right now for independent wrestling. Um, and that's kind of how yeah. Deanna, Deanna made her way to impact on those same exact circumstances. So it's yep. very interesting to see now the shoe on the other foot. Uh, of course, Ultimate X happening for the X Division Championship. Josh Alexander versus Trey Miguel versus Ace Austin versus Rohit Raju versus Chris Bay versus Petey Williams. This absolutely could be the match of the night. This is what I'm going to be the most interested in. Um, it's just, it, it's Ultimate X. You know, it's and it's the X Division. This X Division, more than any, is super competitive, super talented. Um, so keep an eye out for that. And, of course, 
the World Championship, the Impact World Championship, will be defended. Kenny Omega, the Thanos of professional wrestling, collecting all the belts, <laughs> will be defending the Impact World Championship against Sammy Callahan in a no disqualification match. Which, if we heard about anything we've talked about at AEW recently, expect shenanigans. I expect Rick Knox to be the referee. <laughs> if the Young Bucks come there, I'm going to go over to, to Nashville and kick somebody's ass. Because I'm not, that is not how I'd want to see the Young Bucks come back to, to Impact Wrestling. But uh, anyways, who who knows? Shenanigans, shenanigans. Now, this is going to be in front of a live audience. This is Impact Wrestling's first live audience in over 16 months as well. So big congratulations to Impact Wrestling for having a return crowd. They're continuing their tapings in Nashville, um, and we'll have a live audience there. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Impact. I you know, really love the work that they've been doing over the past few years, and I am so glad that they're going to have fans back there uh, because their fans are really amazing and make a difference um, mm-hmm. at their shows. So Slammiversary happening this Saturday, July 17th. Make sure to watch because you never know who's going to show up at Impact Wrestling, especially at Slammiversary. Right. This is the one where, like you mentioned, where they're teasing anybody could show up because the wrestling world has been shifting. And, I mean, there's also been stories. We talked a little bit earlier about uh, Impact Wrestling allowing MLW to utilize mm-hmm. the LAX name. Another story that came out this week is, you know, the fact that they worked with the NWA uh, regarding Kylie Ray's contract mm-hmm. um, to smooth that out. So uh, we've seen, you know, their partnership with, with AEW, with New Japan. So Impact Wrestling is truly a company right now that is working with multiple parties, whether it's behind the scenes or in front of the camera. So it also leaves you wonder, you know, maybe someone who shows up on Slammiversary is kind of a one and done. But that's kind of the beautiful thing is that they could bring in someone for just a moment and it could still be something very special. Or they bring on people on board that, again, Deanna Parasso is really the best example of that. Mm-hmm. And her reign as Knockouts champion has redefined the Knockouts division that has defined her career. And in, you know, a few weeks could redefine her whole career if she ends up being the Reina de la Reina's champion. Um, yeah. Also kind of an interesting side note about Diana, she's also going to be facing uh, Eva Lise. Uh, very soon for SWE Fury, uh, for a title versus title match. Uh, so she also may become the new SWE Fury uh, no. women's champion. Um, and that itself is going to be very interesting. Uh, Deanna Parazzo versus Eva Lise. So, yeah. uh, SWE Fury is based out of Texas. Uh, make sure to follow them on social media. Um, they have a it- lot of great talent and matches. Um, but that one, keep an eye out. So just to expand on what I was kind of alluding to, though, for everybody that's not the WWE right now that we've talked about has had, during this past year, has had dealings and alliances with everybody else, uh, from AEW to AAA all the way down to uh, – down, I don't want to make it sound like NWA is tiny. They're yeah. One of, but, you know, NWA and MLW, they've all had workings and dealings with each other. Uh, with other indie talent, so we have no idea what's going to happen. This is the, the the like I said, the wrestling world is shifting, and people who uh, the the concept of someone only showing up on an MLW show 
is is not as strong. I'm gonna, I'm using MLW as the example mm-hmm. or Impact or NWA. Like they they Impact could say we need we need a big name for this show. We just need to, you to let us use them for once, and we will promote your product while they're doing it. We'll mention that you know um, Chris Bay, who's uh, Impact, but you know we'll, I'm using him as an example anyway is champion in these federations as well as performing here in impact just so that we can all have a little bit of this. And that's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been exciting for us to, to cover the news in general, like a lot of, for the people behind the scenes, a lot of exciting indie wrestling news has been happening. That's not Lucha centric. So we, I haven't been talking about it and dusty hasn't been talking about it, but it could at any point, yeah, that spill over, and and we'll have to talk about it. There's a lot of moves going on, and I'm loving it. Yeah, such a, a good point um, about really everything that's happening. That really just helps that wrestling economy. Helps with the visibility mm-hmm. of wrestlers. That helps you know crossover fandom. That helps provide more opportunities uh, for wrestlers and for fans and for content. I mean, it's, it's a win, win, win. So, um, I think impact has just been able to show that they are truly a place that is open to partnership. Um, and even though they've done it in the past, I feel like they're doing a a better job, a much better job with it this time than they have before. It's true. I I think they're, they've put their best foot forward right now. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this week's edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. We made it. We brought you all the news you need to know for the past two weeks. Make sure you go to LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. And you can also follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. Make sure you check out Lucha Central's YouTube page that has hours and hours of content, including exclusive matches and interviews that you cannot find anywhere else. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, where can our listeners find you? I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy, and I'm on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. And Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers, 321. T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook. And I am all over the Twitters. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Facebook and Instagram. And again, if you are an independent wrestler, promotion, fan, make sure you reach out to us. We just talked about, you know, all of these promotions working together uh, and how it's benefiting pro wrestling as a community. We absolutely support independent wrestling. We want to be able to highlight that on the show. So if you are a Lucha Libre promotion or just maybe just wrestled in a Lucha Libre match, uh, we would love to feature that on a future edition of the show. So please reach out to us on social media. Maybe if you're listening to this show on a podcast streaming platform like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe so that way you get a notification every time a new episode of the podcast drops. You can leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know on things you'd like for us to talk about or maybe points that we 
me, things that you agree with, disagree with, whatever it may be, let us know. We'd love to hear back from everyone. For Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much, and we will be back next week. (laughs) 